The people are speaking out about Joe Biden, saying how they really, really feel. This was an Auburn game and a Tennessee State game. Um, and they were also doing it to his face. You know, Joe Biden was in New York City this weekend. Heckling? Is that how I lost my voice? I'm not going to say anything else, but uh, I have lost my voice for some reason. All right. That's what they're saying about Joe Biden. What are they saying about Donald Trump lately? Honored. We just uh, thank you. We want Trump. We want Trump. That's what everybody's saying. I don't think you hear that back home. Everybody's screaming right now. Again, you know, Biden, his, uh, his loyalists, they can fool the media, they can fool their own party, but they can't fool the people. They can't fool the people. America lost a war two weeks ago, and they're mad. They're really mad. And Joe Biden is trying to hide behind COVID and even trying to hide behind 9-11. Now, there were appropriate ceremonies uh, at the World Trade Center, at the Pentagon in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. To be honest, I, I barely noticed. I wasn't paying too much attention because, uh, well, I myself have my own 9-11 story. Uh, the World Trade Center was uh, kind of important to us as kids growing up. We went all the time. It was such a treat. There I am with my big brother on the observation deck, with my mom on the roof, and then on December, I'm sorry, September 11, 2001, actually reporting from the scene. This is just a few moments before World Trade Center 7 came down. So, and I happen to know a few people who were lost on that day, and I was barely watching the news, actually, I was as it was unfolding uh, during the weekend. I heard some people say that, wow, White supremacy is still the number one threat to America. The usual suspects were saying it, so I wasn't that um, annoyed by it or even bothered by it because I've heard it before, like this guy. Number one terrorism threat right now in the United States, domestic terror. Absolutely, and also be very specific, white domestic terrorism. The Trump D DOJ, what did they do? They stepped away from that. White domestic terrorism, and we have to specify that for that reason. It is a sickness in this country, and it must be confronted on the federal level, the state, and the local level. All weekend long, I heard things like that from him, George Stephanopoulos on MSNBC, white supremacy. Now, that is not true. It's not. It's just they're making it up. They're making it up. We all saw what happened last summer. But look, I didn't quite frankly mind or care because these are the usual suspects who say this kind of stuff. But then we heard from somebody a bit more important, George W. Bush, speaking from Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. And it is our continuing duty to confront them. So 
The implication here is clear. George W. Bush has made this clear over the past couple of months. He's talking about Trump, his supporters, half the country, and he's hyping the hell out of January 6th. This is the way for him, a failed president, to get back in the good graces of the elites, which, of course, is exactly where he came from. This has been his message for a while now. Again, uh, he is uh, still licking his wounds. I'll get to who inflicted those wounds in a moment, but listen to this. If you were to describe the Republican Party as you see it today, yeah. how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent, nativist. For most of his life, he didn't even know what those words meant. But now that he's all about rehabilitating himself and getting back in with the swamp, it's okay to slam Trump. But where does that come from? It's all personal. Believe me, it's personal. Because Trump, unlike very few people, had the guts and the ability to just tell the truth when it came to Bush's biggest, biggest catastrophe, the Iraq War. Obviously, the war in Iraq was a big, fat mistake, all right? It was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent $2 trillion, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We so can make mistakes, but that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. So for George W. Bush, it's, he has all the motivation he needs, right? Just pile on Trump, the mainstream media, Democrats, the establishment, the swamp. They'll welcome you back in and they'll overlook that little mistake known as Iraq that you, to this day, seem somehow amused by. The military measures taken over the last 20 years to pursue dangers at their source have led to debate. See that little smirk? led to debate. Yeah, like why do we go to Iraq? Because there were no weapons of mass destruction. Iraq, where thousands died on our side, hundreds of thousands on the other side. It was an avoidable catastrophe and he's smiling about it. This stuff went on for years after the shock and awe and the invasion and mission accomplished. And uh, we never found those weapons of mass destruction. So what can he do now? Well, he can pile on Trump. That's going to help him a lot. And he can hide behind the troops, hide behind the troops. You have shielded your fellow citizens from danger. You have defended the beliefs of your country and advanced the rights of the downtrodden. Well, that's what the troops are there to do, but under his leadership, that's not what happened in Iraq. Not at all. But again, because he's not Trump and he's willing to diss Trump, this guy is uh, back in everybody's good graces. I want to show you, though, what he's all about. No weapons of mass destruction were found in Iraq. In 2004, he's running for re-election. What do you do with that harsh reality? We invaded in 2003 to get those weapons. None were found. How about make a great big joke about it while troops are still dying? I was in the room when he did this. Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. (laughs) 
nope, no weapons over there. Maybe under here. Wow, funny. And the crowd is eating it up. And Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and many, many Iraqis had died at that point looking for these weapons of mass destruction. So, I still find it ridiculously offensive. And now, that guy who invaded the wrong country is somehow celebrated. Yet a genuine hero from 9-11, Rudy Giuliani, he was a genuine hero that day. His leadership, it was noticed internationally. He was fantastic. He had the right words. He had incredible endurance. He had the right bearing. Leadership, leadership we saw from him. But now, that guy can't even get a front row position at the ceremony. Yes, Pelosi, Schumer, uh, Joe Biden, the Obamas, the Clintons. You don't see Rudy Giuliani. They stuck him in the back. They stuck him in the back. And meanwhile, what was Joe Biden angry at? One point each. Nobody can figure out exactly what happened in that moment. Uh, the president did not speak yesterday. He did speak from Shanksville, Pennsylvania to reporters. Not a formal address. We only had one from the ex-president Bush. But he did manage to get this out to reporters. And this is, by the way, the most coherent portion we could find of what he said yesterday. How do you get back to that state of unity that you were talking about and that President Bush was talking about? I may not agree with everything I say, but this idea that, you know, well, you know what do you want to do with Biden? I want to box him. I should be so lucky. You know what I mean? But it is the, the, the kinds of things or, you know, stuff that's coming out of Florida, stuff that's coming out of, you know, Robert E. Liebman in Afghanistan, you're the one. No, anyway, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you too much. Wow. <laughs> unity. If you really wanted to bring unity, you could have done this on Inauguration Day. You could have called off the impeachment of Donald Trump. He should have said big tech stops censoring conservatives and maybe had a few words of conciliation about January 6th instead of putting fuel on the fire. There are so many people now in public, including George W. Bush, who seem to be equating the two. January 6th and 9-11. These are not, they should not be in the same sentence, okay? But they're desperately pushing this phony narrative. Why? Because they're terrified of Trump coming back and terrified that a lot of us want him to. And uh, meanwhile, what's up with his uh, attitude overall, just so condescending to everybody? We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And by the way, show some respect. How about you showing respect for the people? All right? You are the president. You were supposed to bring us together in this empathy thing you're supposed to be really good at. We're not seeing it, and the people have noticed, and it is their right to speak out, especially when the media won't. Y'all mud for what you did to Afghanistan. Terrible, terrible. Don't snip them. 
Terrible. The people are not going to forget. Maybe it wouldn't be like this for Joe when he went out in public if uh, the media did their job. But they're not. They're not. A little later in the show, we're going to meet these kids who uh, took a picture with the president this weekend. Notice anything? We got a lot of Trump supporters in that crowd. What was this all about? Uh, we're going to meet him coming up. Stay with us. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All, All I, can I can say is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? I don't get it how he spoke so much and never lost his voice. I don't speak 1% of how he's... I'm losing my voice. Anyway, look, here's why I'm so um, committed to keeping the Afghanistan conversation going. Number one, there are so many big questions about the screw-up. we got to find out what happened. They have to be held accountable. America should not go around losing wars. But so far, in a very weird way, Joe Biden is winning the conversation because the fake news are going right along with him when he started talking about those COVID mandates, which I believe he's talking about because he doesn't want to talk about Afghanistan. The fake news is cooperating. But we can't let this go. As Ayman al-Zawahiri Appears he will have a very big position in Afghanistan in the new Afghan government. This guy basically ran al-Qaeda after Osama bin Laden was killed. He was the deputy, the heir apparent, and then he became the apparent, the leader. And uh, now he's um, alive and well in Afghanistan. This picture reveals that. Some people thought he might have died. Uh, no, he is alive at one point, and I believe there still is a $25 million bounty on his head. You know, it's kind of uh, wild that congressional hearings these days are still being conducted by Zoom. The room is empty. And today, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, the architect of this fiasco was able to hide in the comfort of his man cave in Alexandria, Virginia, wherever he lives, and not be there in person. I mean, let's face it, something is lost big time uh, when you can hide behind a screen, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, here's a little bit of what happened today in front of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Did you concur and support President Biden's July 23rd phone call telling President Ghani to be untruthful about the Taliban's success. I'm obviously not going to uh, comment on leaked, uh, uh, purportedly leaked uh, transcripts of phone calls. I mean, is the transcript untrue? Uh, again, uh, I'm, not, I'm not commenting on any purportedly uh, leaked transcripts. I'm telling you what, uh, based on my uh, knowledge of the conversation the president said, uh, and uh, what he said was exactly what he said in public. All right. Well, according to that transcript, uh, it's not what he said in public. In fact, this suggests that he was lying in public and he wanted the Afghan president to lie as well. Let's make that transcript official. It should be released 
hey, Donald Trump released that transcript and they impeached him over it. We need answers here. All right. Also, this Rudy Giuliani this weekend um, had a celebratory dinner of sorts. He gathers some of his top lieutenants who were there with him on 9-11. They, they look back, they celebrate life, they remember those who were lost, and often the former mayor makes a speech. And uh, quite frankly, I thought it was uh, pretty good and pretty interesting at times. Take a look. She said, you did, you did a wonderful job <laughs> on September 11, and therefore I'm making you an honorary knight, commander of the royal something or other. <laughs> I turned down a knighthood because if you took a knighthood, you had to lose your citizenship. I know Prince Andrew is very like, questionable now. I never went out with him, ever. Never, never had a drink with him. Never was with a woman or a young girl with him, ever, ever, ever. One time I met him in my office and one time when we had the party, right Bernie? You were there. I saw Rudy Giuliani give a speech in the 1980s. Uh, my, it was at my brother's college campus. It was some time between 88 and 1989 or 90. And he talked just like this. He wasn't drunk. He did impressions. He made jokes. This is vintage Rudy Giuliani. The fake news went wild. Oh, how inappropriate. He must have been out of his mind. Look at what's happened to him. What's happened to Rudy is he got close to Trump. Okay, that's it. Everything else is the same. He is the same guy. That's why they're always trying to destroy him. Now, you saw that performance. What about Joe Biden again at Ground Zero? What was this all about? This is something of a mystery. Who could he be yelling at? Nobody else has that reaction. Uh, very strange. And of course, the media, incurious about the whole thing. All right, looks like Donald Trump met some friends this weekend. Firefighters, they loved it, they loved it. He didn't go where the politicians were. So many politicians who had nothing to do with the response on September 11th, but he met with the firefighters and um, it was great. They greeted him like an old friend, which of course he is. Okay, back to the fake news. Again, no talk, no talk about Afghanistan and all their signature political talk shows. This Sunday, President Biden's vaccine mandate plan. This is not about freedom or personal choice. With cases rising. Folks, our hospital situation has never been more dire in my lifetime than it is right now. The president announces sweeping mandates to get Americans vaccinated. We're going to... All right, you see what I mean? <laughs> this is part of why he did it. Actually, it could be all of why he did it. So they don't talk about that great big failure that happened two weeks ago, less than. And uh, the other guy did it as well. COVID crackdown. We are overwhelmed. As cases soar, the president orders sweeping vaccine mandates. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. Sparking a fierce response. If the, the federal government can get away with, with doing this, what's gonna come next? I like DeSantis in all of this. Um, yeah. It makes no sense, the mandate. They don't have the authority to do it. I got vaccinated. A lot of good it's done me. No, this is just a cold, by the way. But I did get vaccinated. That's my choice and my wife's. Uh, I'm not a healthcare expert. I'm not telling anybody what to do. Though a lot of people on TV do that, if you notice that. Um, all right. Now, the climate is such that the ultimate loser of a general, Millie, 
can go out and lecture people about September 11th. The idea is that each and every one of us is created free and equal. The idea that we will rise. I mean, he talks about America like he's the one who figured this stuff out and he's telling us about it. We all know these things about America, although they seem to be at real risk right now. The free, the freedom, the openness. I don't like, I don't like him. I don't like his bearing. I don't like what he did in Afghanistan, what he didn't do. And no one's calling him out on it. And it's really, really bizarre. Um, I want to present this to you as well. Do you really think everything that we are up against right now as a country, that this is what threatens us right now. Uh, take a look. Right now, I would argue that the, the fact that so many Americans can't buy into simple facts is probably the biggest existential threat we face to our democracy. So when somebody speaks up for that, isn't it something to be praised? F facts are critically important, but again, when you support someone who said fake news, who when you were truthful and then pushed that, then when you have the networks and the conservative radio talk show hosts, that whole echo chamber driving that, that's the problem. The existential threat to America is talk radio. Did you hear that? If you don't agree with them on the facts, you're an existential threat. This is the dangerous stuff, by the way. And these are the people who are actually saying with a straight face that January 6th was an insurrection and that it was as bad as anything that happened on September 11th. Are those facts? We'll be right back. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Who is it? Do you want your house back? Take it! A big rally coming up on Saturday, uh, this Saturday, September 18th. A lot of folks out there, media calls them right-wing protesters, but they're very upset about all of the people still in custody, many of whom have, have not been charged yet with crimes related to January 6th. The Capitol Police have made it quite clear that they will have basically every man on deck, and maybe these guys, maybe these guys, and some of the Metro PD as well. I wonder if Lieutenant Byrd will be there. I hope not. This is one of the reasons why they should have taken his gun from him and maybe taken him off the force. To summarize, Lieutenant Michael Byrd is the guy who shot and killed an unarmed Ashley Babbitt, and he feels totally righteous about it. Was taking a tactical stance. You're ultimately hoping that your commands will be complied with, and unfortunately, they were not. When you fired, what could you see? Where were you aiming? You're taught to aim for center mass. Uh, the subject was sideways, and I could not see her full motion of her hands or anything. Um, so I guess her movement, you know, caused the uh, discharge to, to fall where it did. And what did you think this individual was doing at that, at that moment? She was posing a threat. She was posing a threat. 
Well, uh, she wasn't. And any law enforcement person in the country can tell you that. Uh, but he's going to be on duty this Saturday with a gun. And I don't think that's right. I also don't think it's right to... Uh, play multiple national anthems at a football game. The Star-Spangled Banner, yeah, that's our national anthem. Every American. They played this song, the black national anthem. Did you know there was one of those? So, um, nice singers, by the way, nothing against them, but... Uh, this is not the national anthem. This is the black national anthem, which apparently has been around for about 100 years, but uh, it's not the national anthem, a song for everybody. Sports still on this crazy, woke trajectory. And uh, meanwhile, who remembers MTV in the good old days, right? And that was actually considered entertaining. Now at the Video Music Awards held this weekend, uh, they have, um, well, this is this entertainment. I mean, look, um, I'm not a prude. I've traveled the world. Uh, but this is on MTV, music television, which used to be kind of a little bit family friendly. Can't watch this with your, you know, it's awkward. And it's, quite frankly, it's just not appropriate. And neither is that Megan Fox lately. Uh, she went out with a guy from 90210, and I think she was in one of the Transformer movies. And now she's famous for not wearing clothes, or very, very little clothes. But she wants you to know there's a lot more to her than skimpy outfits, and she really hates the idea that anyone is objectifying her. How sexualized I was and how I was like reduced to, I mean, objectified is like, it's not the right word. It doesn't capture what was happening to me at the time. All right. Well, what word would do? I just use the objectifying word. She's wearing no clothes out in public and uh, she's making that decision. I assume no one else. So uh, it's a messy situation out there politically, culturally. Just remember Sooner or later, we're all going to get together because Joe Biden told us his whole heart and soul was in it, something like that, on Inauguration Day. My whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. I'm not impressed. Are you? This was something he was going to do from the heart. This whole soul was in it. Obviously not. Obviously not. And who the heck is accusing him of trying to unify anything these days? Listen to this. Everybody says, Biden, why do you keep insisting on trying to bring the country together? That's the thing that's going to affect our well-being. Anything else, how the rest of the world is fine. 
Who's accusing him of trying to unify? Who's accusing Mr. Shame on you, Mr. My patience is wearing thin, Mr. Uh, show some damn respect? Of course not. You know what? He could do a lot, though. He could do a lot, a little bit. Could have done so much more earlier. How about some real justice for the January 6th protesters? They've been in custody, some of them, way too long. What's happening to them is a disgrace. Try that. Mr. President, I'll be right back. Uh, to recap, Mr. Secretary, the last administration's agreement with the Taliban was conditions-based, correct? Uh, the, the conditions that you refer to included a commitment not to allow Afghanistan to harbor uh, outwardly directed uh, terrorists. It right, had yeah. very loose, let me just be clear, though, to, to respond to your question. You know, I know you listed it earlier, but the question is, uh, it was a conditions-based agreement, correct? Uh, yes, uh, except that those conditions were so loose, particularly with regard to the commitments it made. You can criticize the agreement all you want, Mr. Secretary. I just wanted to answer the question. That was Congressman Lee Zeldin, Republican of New York, questioning the Secretary of State today before the House Foreign Affairs Committee uh, on the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Congressman Zeldin joins us right now. Congressman, welcome, and I applaud you for trying to hold the Secretary accountable there. How did you think the hearing went? I mean, I th thought it was great that we were having the hearing uh, when we go back to D.C. Now, this August recess uh, used to be just August, but uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Dems have us out of the House uh, for about seven, eight weeks. Uh, we're going to go back here for the last two uh, full weeks of September. Uh, I think we should bring Secretary Blinken back in person uh, to answer more questions. We each get five minutes. Uh, we need more time. Fortunately, uh, making the use of my five minutes was able to answer, uh, get questions answered on a bunch of topics. But as you point out there in that clip you just played, it's important for members, if you want answers, you have to keep control of your time. Don't let them filibuster and just get to the point. Ask questions that, you know, if possible, are yes, no hmm. questions, uh, one word answers, because we need transparency for the American public. We need accountability because of the loss of life and all the consequences. Americans are pissed. Quite frankly, I believe that Anthony Blinken should resign. And you know what? We need you guys in the same room. And uh, we, for a while, they used COVID as an excuse. But having that TV, he's on a TV monitor, and that gives him some, I think, um, you know, wiggle room, if you'd like. And I'd like to show you, and I know this came up today, what Joe Biden said to President Ghani in the transcript. It's quite clear that Joe Biden is asking the president of Afghanistan to lie, to say something that is not true because he's worried about the image. There is a need, whether it's true or not, there's a need to project a different picture. He's talking about Taliban uh, effectiveness. How do we get this transcript? This is unofficial from Reuters, but they're not disputing its authenticity, but they're not commenting on it. How do we get that transcript? Oh, deja vu. I remember when she was on the other foot and there was a report on a leaked transcript of a call between a former president and a president of another country. Now we have 
the current president, a report on a leaked transcript uh, speaking to uh, the president of Afghanistan. And as you just pointed out, trying to get uh, that president to lie to fit a domestic political agenda. So there have been requests, demands for that transcript, which hasn't yet been produced. There needs to be increased pressure. So today, uh, one of the House Republicans, uh, Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey, was asking Secretary Blinken about that conversation, and Secretary Blinken's refusing to answer any questions on it. So you just impeached a president because of a report of a leaked transcript, a call, uh, and here you have this pressuring of a foreign president. We can't even talk about it. So, yeah, we need the transcript, but at the very least, I mean, give me a break. Secretary of State's sitting there in front of the committee. Uh, he should be able to answer some questions on the call. So we all know that it was a total disaster how he got out of Afghanistan. Something I'm hearing, the State Department did no planning. The CIA did some planning. The Pentagon did some planning, but nobody coordinated. And that's one of the reasons, uh, one of the factors, the lack of coordination that led to this fiasco. Does that jibe with anything you're hearing down there? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they had their blinders on thinking of this rosy scenario where the Taliban was not going to take over Afghanistan. Their intelligence community was telling them that this was going to happen. The Defense Department was talking about the increased likelihood of a Taliban reemergence if you collapse Bagram and continue with this plan. But unfortunately, you have people like Anthony Blinken, who's part of this shadow cabinet in the White House with Susan Rice, with Ron Klain, and they might know how to spend trillions of dollars of money and play the, th this political game as if we are all living in the middle of a Democratic National Convention always. Uh. But I don't know who has the ability, the bandwidth to understand that they should have the bandwidth, but they don't have the ability or the experience, the know-how or the strength to deal with foreign policy, national security, homeland security concerns. So yeah, the Secretary of State, the State Department, they weren't prepared, and that's a failure at the leadership. Another reason why he should go. Uh, Joe Biden came out with a COVID mandate uh, Thursday or Friday. Do you suspect, as I do, that that was a great big episode of Operation Change the Subject? I mean, because they succeeded all weekend long, all those Sunday shows that the swamp loves. Not a word about Afghanistan. And, and, and folks like you are driving the issue, but it's not going to be big tonight. They, are, they seem to be winning on a small level so far about moving on from all of this. This is no coincidence. It was the Thursday, the Friday before the 20th anniversary of September 11, 2001. You just gave Afghanistan back to the Taliban. You had 13 Blue Star families that became Gold Star families. You gave them billions of dollars worth of U.S. weapons and equipment. I mean, you are you don't know how to confront adversaries. You don't know how to work with allies. You're misleading the American public. Yeah, that was all on purpose because of domestic politics and wanting to change the topic, to enact restrictions on individual liberty. Uh, they, they don't care. Damn the torpedoes. Uh, they were going to do anything in their power to change the topic, and they have a lot of allies in the media who willingly will play along. Well, we're not one of them. <laughs> and, uh, no, you're not. Yeah, no, no, no. And, uh, well, we so appreciate your efforts. Congressman Lee Zeldin, who knows, maybe a future governor. How's the campaign going for New York? It's going real well. Back up state again tomorrow. We're working hard, taking nothing for granted. Let's see what happens in California tomorrow with a big recall election coming up. Uh, you know, let's see what they do. Big decision to make. 
Uh, everyone needs to get out there and vote in California to have control of your destiny. But the rest of the country in blue states, we're tired of seeing Republicans, red states on our heels and losing in places like Georgia. How about Democrats on their heels and losing in places like New York? Mm. Hey, it's our duty to go out there and vote. Guys like you protected that uh, that right when you served in Iraq. Uh, very impressive picture we're looking at right there. Congressman Lee Zeldin, to be continued, and many thanks. Thank you, Greg. All right, we'll be right back. The drawdown is proceeding in a secure and orderly way. How did President Biden get this so wrong? They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. This has been a disaster. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. It looks like Saigon 2.0 to me. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. This tragedy was completely preventable. We told you Joe Biden was not up to the job. Now we're seeing the devastating consequences of his incompetence. Biden vacationed while Afghanistan collapsed. American military equipment was plundered. And now America weeps over the lives sacrificed due to Biden's surrender. Stand up for America. Go to DonaldJTrump.com today. Help us fight back. Save America is responsible for the content of this message. Look at these kids. Have you seen this picture? It's gone mega viral. President Biden in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, stopping for a picture, I think, at the volunteer fire department. Look at these great kids. And look at what they're wearing. They're Trumpers. They're Donald Trump, the Make America Great Again hat. They're happy to be there. Uh, is the president uh, thrilled with what they're wearing? I don't know, but Donald Trump is. Look at what he put out here, a statement today. These kids tricked Biden just like the Taliban did. I love it. I saw this picture this morning. I tweeted the heck out of it, and I said, these are great kids, and I'm so pleased that they're on the show right now. Welcome to you. Got a whole mess of them. We got the mom, <laughs> Jana and Jen. I'm sorry about the voice. How are you guys, all of you? Can everybody hear me okay? Yes or no? Hello? Hello. Oh, good, good, good. Listen, I just love what you did. I love the picture. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, look, I'll ask you first, Jana. I think you're in the. You're on the. Hi, Jana. Did the uh, Did Joe Biden <laughs> say anything about the Trump hat and the uh, the T-shirts and all that stuff first? Did he notice? Uh, girls speak because he was. He talked to them. Um. He. Whenever he was talking to us, he about the merchandise, he said that he does not care if, like, um, he doesn't care if we don't if we don't like him, but he's gonna like us. Hey, Jenna, I'm gonna have to go back to you. I'm having a hard time hearing. Forgive me. Just give me the gist of it. Was Joe in on the joke or not? Not um, that. Yeah, that they were wearing the hats. And when he was playing girls, he said that um, he likes their hats and it's okay if they don't like him. Well, you know what? That's a pretty good way to handle it. And by the way, it's not a joke. You guys are Trump supporters and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm glad you did it. Uh, let me ask you, I guess I'm gonna ask the, the little girl 
in the uh, in the blue hat, if you don't mind, the glasses. I recognize you from the picture and the one with the T-shirt, proud to be an American right up there in front. Anybody who wants to take this question. Did you feel like, you know, you were going to get into trouble or something? You seemed like you might have been giggling in that picture a little bit. I certainly would have been. Um, what were you thinking during that picture? A little nervous. Just a little nervous. Okay. Hey, listen, I saw that Joe Biden, um, you know, he was respectful or was he, did he say anything weird? Let's face it. He has a habit of uh, saying and doing weird things. Did anything happen that we could not see in that picture that might be interesting? Um, well, he did have his hand around my waist. He what? He had his hand around my waist. Around your waist? Oh, boy. Did you feel... I'm sorry. Did you feel uncomfortable? Not really. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, oh, gosh. What a, Joe, um, tell me a little bit, Jana, back to you. Uh, this was, of course, to remember the events of September 11th, 2001, and the people of Shanksville that responded to that horrible plane crash in your neighborhood. Were you there back then, 20 years ago? I was. I was actually in ninth grade. Um, I think it was a social studies class I was in. We actually saw, we didn't see the plane crash, but we saw a big fire cloud, and it, we felt like the rumble and all the doors in the school building. And forgive me, Jen, uh, you're you're another mom there on the left in the blue, I understand. Uh, and forgive my situation here. This is bad. I'm just dying. Uh, what are your thoughts? How did you feel overall? Do you give Joe Biden credit for coming and for taking the picture? Or is there something you wanted to say to him that you didn't say? What are you thinking overall about uh, about what happened? Yeah, I think honestly, we were really surprised he came over to the kids to take the picture. Um, we were taking pictures from a distance. Um, we didn't know he was coming, so it wasn't um, something that we planned ahead of time. It was just, uh, you know, we came to the fire hall to support the fire department and, you know, celebrate the day and, and remember the day. And it was just, uh, it was a little surreal that he actually came over and, and talked to the kids and, uh, agreed to take a picture with them or got in a pose to take a picture with them. Well, he likes kids, we've seen. Uh, all right. Now, to the little girl in the front row who's wearing the blue shirt, proud to be an American, uh, I noticed you this morning, and I noticed the shape on your American flag. What is that shape? A unicorn. A unicorn. Okay. Very nice. For a moment, I thought, oh, forgive me, I thought it was Afghanistan. I was like, what is this? So, uh, okay. It it's actually, it, it's a, corn. <laughs> okay, okay. We're going to leave it at that. Kids, uh, that picture was amazing. And I think it's fantastic that you, uh, that you wore your gear. And you know what? I'm going to give, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden's, but I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for taking the picture as you are wearing the Trump gear and he's smiling and he's going along with it. He didn't have to do that. You mentioned it. So, hey, for a few moments there, I think he did okay. Uh, am I giving him too much credit, Jen? What do you think? Maybe a little too much. I thought it was interesting that he didn't have his mask on either. Oh, Always. you're right about that. All right. 
I take it all back. <laughs> uh, well, I applaud you kids. Uh, you kids are great, and so are your parents. And uh, I got to go, and uh, you guys take care. And uh, I will never forget this, and I'll never forget that picture. All the best, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Take care now. Good night, and uh, we'll be right back. I can't believe President Trump never lost his voice. How did he do that? Thanks for watching. I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully.